This is exactly right. Hello. We want to take a second to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, Disgraceland. If you like music, pop culture, and true crime, this is the podcast for you. Through host Jake Brennan's deeply researched storytelling, you'll hear all about the lives and crimes of musicians like Jerry Lee Lewis, Jay-Z, The Rolling Stones, and so many more. And now Disgraceland is expanding to include artists, actors, athletes, and other icons from Anthony Bourdain to Andy Warhol. Full episodes are released every Tuesday. Check out Disgraceland on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Goodbye. Murder. My name's Karen, and I sure love murder. How about you, girl over there? <laughs> this week, girl over there is played by Georgia Hartstark. George Hartstark. Georgia. Georgette Hartstark. And gee, I love murder, too. And, um, of course, engineer Steven is here standing by with his mustache and his... His uh, stuff. His equipment. His stuff. general style. His general style. Is he very more Supporting. Of the per cast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, welcome. Who did I? So, Still trapped in the basement. <laughs> yeah, Vince. Uh, so we have our murderinos that we call people who listen to this podcast. I don't. We didn't make that up. No, we didn't. But that's what people call it. Okay. And Vince said that. So Stephen has the per cast about cats, and Vince said that he, sh- he they, the people who listen should be called pervert. <laughs> the three R's. Right. Just really three emphasize. R's. You got to do that. I'm going to start doing it. Okay. He said you can have it. <laughs> Thank you, Vince. He said, go, you can tell him you can have it. <laughs> That's a free one from That's Vince. A free, free one. Awesome. Um, cool. Hi, everybody. It's episode 32. Oh, what's up? I'm going to bring what's up back. How are you? I have already threatened to do that. <laughs> was uh and that's how she got murdered <laughs> she was so hacky the town killed her the city yeah. killed her she she got killed do you have a uh, housekeeping i mean i have things i just generally want to talk about well i'll say mine that are internet specific that are important <laughs> yeah mine are important yours aren't <laughs> before i start just babbling and you be quiet because it's my turn how much i hate tv <laughs> Oh, did you watch the last night of? I fucking, I just, I don't, there's a block and I, I mean to and I haven't. No, the answer's no. Well, then you don't want his DNA inside you. <laughs> and you'll never get to have it. He was also on Colbert. We actually watched it at work because enough people at my work like him that we were all like, let's watch. He's so, is, he, is he cute and well? He is perfection. It's There's something like Disney-esque about the scale of the size of his eyes to the rest of his face. It's his nose ridiculous. looks like he got a nose job. It's so perfectly shaped. And then in general, he just has the, he has the charisma, but he's very low-key. Like, he's smart enough to know not to overplay it. We're talking about... Riz Ahmed, We're everyone. talking about Riz Ahmed. <laughs> Britain's own. And Riz he's Ahmed. got the British accent, man. Like oh, the dude. like the like street British accent. Yeah. Stop it. But he can do any British well, accent. Well, I guess I only heard I only heard him speaking in a British accent when he was rapping, so I was like Yeah, he was trying to he was turning it a little bit on, but Okay, well that But also I saw him at, in the um the unwilling fundamentalist. What's that movie? He stars in a movie about an un, a fundamentalist that doesn't want to be unwilling who doesn't the word isn't unwilling though sorry it's part of the title I'm his number one fan 
<laughs> but in that one, he had like a posh British British accent. Oh, man. No, I want rich. it. I want it to be dirty, please. <laughs> Jesus, keep it dirty. Hi, Vince. It's this Karen. Um, <laughs> she said more gross stuff about Riz Ahmed this time. Uh, the thing I wanted to mention was. Uh, a woman named Liam Moffat made us this amazing animated opening uh, to our th- podcast theme song. You can see it it's, on the Twitter page. You can see it on the Facebook page. I'll put it on the. I'll put it on the. We have a new Facebook fan page because awesome. people told us that that's how you're supposed to. Yeah. Do things. Don't don't be closed off all the time. Maybe yeah. open some stuff up. Yeah. So we have a new Facebook fan page. I will post it on there. It is. It's your like. How do you? How did you feel watching it with your music and I your c- voice? I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And but also, I, it's that weird thing of like, it's very strange when someone holds up something you did yeah. and goes, "Now here's something I did to match it." Ugh. Like it's just magical. That's I love it. Gorgeous. And it's the cutest. Like I, the style of it is so like. There's a little skeleton in every scene. I know. And, and the way it's it so moves, cute. the way everything flows and it's moves, sli- but it's creepy. It's very creepy. creepy. It's all perfectly done. So Leanne Moffat, thank you so much for thank you doing that and thinking of us. Yeah. And Participating in that very creative and cool way. Thanks to everyone who cre- like. There's so many cute drawings of us, even though we just berated them last week. <laughs> they <laughs> like it. I know. I keep posting them on Insta. We have an Instagram, my favorite murder, and I just am constantly. I like can't stop posting all day, and I feel like I'm getting annoying because there's just so much cool shit to post. Well, it's fun to be able to go like, well, here's here because the people like it yeah. when you notice their shit. It's you know. <laughs> Can I tell you my idea. favorite one from our last episode? You know the part where I go, doe, a dead body, a female dead body. Someone took a photo of my face and put it over the face in um, Sound of Music. Sound of Music, where she's singing on this on the hilltop to all the children, and it's just my little face, like a perfect photo of me with my mouth open, like looking like I'm singing, and it says doe, a dead. Oh, Stephen's showing it to Karen right now. <laughs> I will put that oh, on the Facebook page too. Brilliant! Isn't that amazing? Who's it? Who did it? Jessica P. Thank you, Jessica P. Well done, Jessica P. That is hilarious because also the George's face, her mouth is open. It looks like she's going hey, yeah. but it, but she's holding a guitar. That's hilarious. Um, so much good shit. Good. You know, sadly, somebody put my face inside of Selena's face. Oh no! Uh, no, no, no. It's not not truly sadly. Oh, this is a comedy podcast, but it was a picture of me before I stopped drinking. You can find such a range of hideous pictures of me (laughs) Me online. It's hilarious. I hate it. Uh, It's not cool at all. When your weight fluctuates, it's, (sighs) you just, and and you get photographed for things a lot. Yeah. And you just, you just kind of have to separate and you just, I like my thing is just like, whatever. Right. I know what I look like. Mine's not. Oh my God, this one where they put my face and just, I'm pretty sure it was Selena's picture. It was like big 80s hair mm-hmm. with the pink background. Did you see that, Steven? Mm-mm. It was, I was like, is that Charles Bronson wearing a wig? Like it looked <laughs> horrifying. I hate that. But of course, I'm not complaining because of no. course all the people who saw it were like, oh my God, this is so cute. Where you're just like, what? Anyway, yeah, I, I had it. to complain. <laughs> and also just, we looked it up. This was in. Oh wait, this. If it if it was from the Minnesota, then you might not know what we're talking about. But uh, last oh, week's Minnesota corner. What's that? We have to say correction corner. Correction corner. Meow meow meow. <laughs> um, Georgia talked about a lady who had a disease, and many doctors, frighteningly enough, listened to this podcast. Do they? 
Yeah, because those are the people, or medical students, I'm not sure, people who know how it's actually pronounced. Well, sorry, not sorry. I'm not a doctor <laughs> or a medical student. Never say sorry, not sorry. Just you don't s- be sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were berating me for trying to bring that back when you're trying to bring, what was it? Woo-hoo. Oh, good point. No, throw that right in my face. <laughs> I accept that. You're 100% right. But I hate sorry, not sorry, because you don't have to be sorry at all. Yeah. Is the, I, I saw that crop up in like girls talking. It's where It's like, look, sorry, that's not sorry. Where it's like, no, no, no. What you start out as, look, motherfucker. And yeah. then you say your actual opinion. Sorry, I'm yelling. I- don't apologize. I'm so tired. Oh, you're right. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's how you pronounce it. Well, now I'm having a fucking seizure. Jesus. I got it. There's like, that's a sound clip from some guys on the radio or something in England who also didn't know how to say Guillain-Barre syndrome. Guillain-Barre? Well, so there. Well, consider me wrong again. (laughs) Consider me always wrong. Correction corner. Correction corner. Meow, meow, meow. That's it for me. Um, I, let's see. What do I want to say? I don't know. People are getting their shirts now and like, okay, this is so, I'm so mad that I, I don't have it ready to plug this week but it will be by next week we had I'm gonna just tease it we had a good friend help us create a new design for shirts you guys all your favorite quotes yeah and they're fucking tits you're gonna love them they're very cool looking they're very wearable yeah and they're some of the quotes that you love uh and so we have the official t-shirts coming out the official my favorite murder podcast uh you're in a cult call your dad t-shirt don't tell don't tell oh well that's a okay sorry that's a tease that was more than a tease well (laughs) that that was was one of them that's just one of several one of several get ready and so shirts are gonna be like happening maybe totes are gonna be happening Happening. Fucking, maybe let's do some, I don't know, let's do some mugs. People Why not do mugs? People want to drink coffee out of murder cups? Our friend is a very talented designer, Kat. So it's going to be an appealing looking thing that also is the thing you like. Right. So those are coming. Sorry to tease the shit out of it, but um, that is that. Uh, what else? How are you? What do you want to say? Uh, Anything? I wish you guys could see Georgia right now. Her legs are so far up in the air. She is the most <laughs> casual person I've ever seen in my life. This is the loungiest. You're fucking lounging I'm in your home. Lounging so hard right as now. As is your American right. Stephen, can you take a photo of me lounging hard right now? <laughs> I'll put it on the vent. Let me Just fix my sweat. I'm also sweating. That's cool. Sweat lounging. And uh, I, got a, I got a Mimi cat on the... Cool. I took one too. photo just happened check it on the well let's plug our places instagram.com slash my favorite murder oh the Ooh, face that's like a picture finally a picture of myself I'm not mad Ooh, I love it. look at those cheekbones Karen I, I wasn't even really sucking them in you, my parts a bit off look at you look so hilarious I, that's my entire butt also that's gonna end up on <laughs> that's gonna end up on wiki feet I promise you and I have a wiki feet page I mean look at my feet they're pretty fucking cute let's be honest um, you deserve it thank you yeah I'm gonna own it you know why because I don't have a wikipedia page <laughs> so <laughs> I'm okay with WikiBeat. So you're going to be fine. Here we go. Um, you got to break in somehow. Do you know what else pisses me off? What? I'm not going to tell you. Never mind. I am pissed off that my high school, they have like a list of like alumni who have done things. Not on there. Where's the list? On Wikipedia. Oh, uh, please. Will someone who's good at computers go on to Wikipedia and edit that page? What's the high school name? Woodbridge High School. In? 
Irvine, California. Woodbridge High School, Irvine, California. Also, let everyone know I hate, I hated them all. I hate them all. <laughs> no, don't put that part okay. in. <laughs> now, this is your high school wiki feet page. <laughs> Um, okay, the fan page. Okay, here's this is hilarious. So I tried to start the fan page. We can't use the word murder in the title because Facebook is like, we recognize a word that you can't fucking you can't say because you're not you're a grown adult and okay. you know what I mean. I'm fine. So it's MFM podcast is the name of, of the, the fan Facebook page. fan page. Cool. So there you, you kind of have to be an insider to know yeah. that it's the just the initials. It's like winky wink. And then I think that means also that maybe your fr- your family and friends won't know that you're part of a murder group. It'll I think that's just good. say MFM. Yeah, I think that's, that's what people are worried about. Until they see the logo. Again, grown adults. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing too. Of all the people we know that, that say, I'm not weird, I'm not alone, you know, all that excitement. Well, now it's turning into, because then the second wave seemed to be um, people at work keep catching me listening to this and giving me dirty yes. looks or seeing my the logo and giving me a weird look. Yeah. But we just got a tweet from somebody who sent a picture that said, was it on the Facebook page or Twitter? I can't remember. Where they hang up a sign on the door that says "Murder Time, Do Not Come In," and then listen to the podcast at at work I love all together. Them. Oh, like I, the whole crew does? Yeah. Well, I mean, she didn't. She was very yeah. vague about all of it. Um, We're I should, shouting her. I out. should find the name. But if you guys hear this, will you please send us? At least slightly more information so we can yeah. give you a legit shout out because I it made me laugh so hard when I saw that picture. Or send us a photo of all of you listening. Secretly listening. Um, also, I love that I've been I've been noticing in the Facebook page, like I'll like look at some comments sometimes late at night and it'll be like comment, 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 and then someone will comment to someone who already commented and be like, Alex, you're in this group? You're in Heart Arena? <laughs> like, oh my God, what's up? I can't believe it. We're like, we're totally good. Like, it's people keep recognizing their friends in there and it's like hilarious. And I, I love, love it. it. Well, the same thing happened to me with my sister's best friend, Adrian, who I talked about, I think on the very first yeah. episode. She had a um, hometown. Could- yeah, she well, she loved Richard Ramirez. Right. So when I said who should I talk about, she, it came out of her mouth yeah. so fast that that's when I discovered she was a murderer yeah. before the podcast had even started, and it was shocking because I've known her since she was twelve years old and I was ten years old, so and never knew so that weird. that was an interest of hers. So she recently started listening. She went backwards through it and has been texting me constantly of like, "Dude, I love this podcast so much," and. Aww. Adrian and my sister were two of the most evil teenage girls <laughs> anyone could have had the nightmare to grow up with. They were sullen and sulky. And I the only way they would let me hang out with them when she spent the night on the weekend, she would uh-huh. come and stay the whole weekend with us. But they would lock the door and leave me out of the room. And what I had to do to get in the room with Laura and Adrian was make up a lip sync dance routine to a Pat Benatar song. Well, we're not moving forward right now on this podcast until you fucking do that. <laughs> Let's relive your nightmares. We just basically play a Pat Benatar yeah. song. But yeah, that, I'm yeah, just explaining that's all it would be. And then you'd be like, right now she's lifting her legs straight above her head. <laughs> oh my God, that's so sister, big sisters, man. Well, and also just, just if you're younger and you hate your sister, just know that's going to change yeah. around when you're like 22 and then you're going to be besties for the rest of your because life. you're going to become the cool one. Lee, exactly. My sister knows what's up. Well, and also I have my sister and Adrian to thank for like all of my training because that's pretty yeah. much the most professional training I got. And then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. on stage it was pretty exciting um, I think my I'm scared I think my dad might start listening to this because what 
I thought he was already. I don't think so because he was like, I was hanging out with him over the weekend and he was like, tell me about your thing. Like they don't understand that it's a thing. And I was like, oh, it's this thing. And I'm like, well, he doesn't know how to download podcasts. And then he would like looked at his phone and he like showed me the podcast and he was like this. And I was oh. like, uh huh. Yeah, no. It's okay. He's cool. He doesn't care about the F word, does he? Oh my God, no. My yeah. God, you can't have me as a child and <laughs> care about the F word. I care about a lot of things, honestly. I think he's happy that I'm alive. Survived my own. I am too. I mean, that I'm alive or that you're alive? <laughs> but but you're alive. Us. Me too. It was supposed to be a compliment. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, all right, you guys, we're going to get into our favorite murders. Yes. We're going to take a quick pee break. We'll be right back for my favorite murder. Skippers, this is your time to come on home. Come on home. Be right back. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, we're back, Skippers. Hey. Hey, friends. All right. My favorite murder this week. 
is Selena Quintanilla <gasps> Perez. No. And the reason I'm doing it is that it is audio engineer Stevie Ray Morris of the Percast favorite murder tribute. I yeah, no, I You've been I, sending me shit. Yeah, like, I was like <laughs> sending you texts and I was like, oh my god, I'm watching it. and then you Aaron, see this. Aaron Brockovich did like a true crime it's thing crazy. about it that I watched I the watched other day. It. Well, I grew up listening to Selena because I'm half my yeah. family, I'm half Mexican and so that music was always playing and I remember like even listening to the music just feeling really sad for did you, were you little mm-hmm. when she died, so you didn't know yeah, yet? I, I mean, it, I knew it affected because I would still go over to my family's houses uh, and stuff. And like, I she was tell. huge. She was like Madonna times twenty. Well, I'll tell you all yeah. about it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I see them? Quintanilla, Quintanilla. Oh, I don't. I mean, so <laughs> I'm not I'm, Mexican, but I don't know how to speak Spanish. Okay, I wrote it down. Like I was very. She I, didn't know how to speak Spanish either. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. Fucking, all right, all right. Both of you, shut up. <laughs> Oops. Oh, Karen, your doorbell phone is ringing. Um, Selena Quintanilla Perez was born on April 16, 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas, and was called the Mexican-American Madonna. Oh, I must have known that. I've watched the movie with J-Lo. I haven't seen it. Wonderful. Gosh, she's beautiful. They were both beautiful. And she was poised to become a crossover success when her death turned her into a legend. (laughs) Um, Selena's father discovered Selena's, quote, perfect timing and pitch and helped his kids form a band. And she was like nine years old when they started performing. Wow. The band, once the par- his par- her parents lost their family restaurant, the band became the family's main source of income. And they were in poverty. And this career, Selena's career, just took them out of poverty. Because um, they were evicted from their home during the Texas oil bust of 1992. And mm-hmm. they moved to Corpus Christi, Texas. Which sounds very hot, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's super southern in yeah. Texas, like yeah. down in the Gulf, maybe. Right. Um, the fam- That's a total guess. I know. I was like, right. <laughs> Do I want it? Well, my cousin Cheryl lived in Corpus Christi when I was like in junior high. Okay. But. Uh, why do I ever say anything? <laughs> is that a big military town? I think it is. <laughs> yes, in fact, it has twenty five. That I have Let's no just talk about Corpus Christi for the rest of this. Um, so then, the family band began recording music professionally. And in 1984, when Selena was, I think, 13, the band released its first LP, Selena uh, Los Dinos. Fuck, I hope I hope That's we don't get Selena uh, and Fred Flintstone's dog. <laughs> Dinosaur. <laughs> Hate mail can be sent to Karen Kilgariff. I'm just translating. Karen Kilgariff's apartment or house. If the address is. <laughs> All right. Um. So, yes, Stephen, you are correct. Selena was a third generation Texan of Mexican descent, so she didn't grow up speaking Spanish, so she didn't know any. But uh, she learned all her songs phonetically. Mm-hmm. And when her popularity grew, she had to learn it, and she did it very quickly. Just like Roxette. Like what? The band Roxette. What were they, German? Uh, yeah, or Swedish or something. Oh, they had to learn English? Mm-hmm. Well, they no, they just sang phonetically. They didn't know what they were saying. That's funny. Must have been love, but it's all in that. She had no clue what that song was. Wow. Oh, but it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. But it sounds so powerful. The ignorance makes it powerful. That's what it is. Like, because that's what love does to you. <laughs> makes you a stupid idiot. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Grew in popularity. In the year 1987, she won the uh, Tejano oh I, I, Tejano Music Award. I, like, I was watching videos to get this correctly, and I'm just screwing it all up. Tejano Music Award for Female Vocalist of the Year. And then she landed her first major record deal with Capitol uh, 
Latin in 1989. So she performed several times at the Houston Astrodome to sold out crowds of more than 60,000 people. Whoa. And after her death, Time described her as uh, the embodiment of young, smart, hip Mexican-American youth um, from a tight-knit family and a down-to-earth personality, a Madonna without the controversy. Essentially, she was a huge Mexican-American star, in her community and was poised to become a mainstream obsessed and that community was obsessed with her and proud of her and felt like you know she was one of their own and she was a big fucking deal yeah and she seemed like a very sweet person everyone in her band was her family except the guy the guitarist they hired who she ended up marrying like they were they seem like good people. They're, it's like a Jackson 5 situation. Totally. Like but, super talented young kid. Yeah, but not creepy. And her dad right, right. was the manager. Um, so they were very More like a Partridge family. But like, there we go. But yeah. actually... Or like a, a Manson family. <laughs> Fuck. Um, cut that out. Don't cut that out. <laughs> not sorry. All right. Where am I? Cut to mid-1991. Yolanda Saldivar. She was... So you see all these photos of her and videos of her. She was, when she got arrested, she was 35 years old. What? That's quote unquote my age. She's 35. She looks like a fucking grandma. Yeah. Okay. So 91, Yolanda Saldivar was around 30 and she was an in-home nurse for patients with terminal cancer and just a fan of Tejano music. Just a fucking random woman. She had a history of stealing money from her employers, as well as try, trying to become intertwined with the lives of other performers. And she attended one of Selena's concerts and became a fucking psychotic fan. With the intent of starting Selena's fan club, she started obsessively calling Selena's father, leaving almost 15 messages until he gave her permission in June of 1991 to be the president of the fan club. Which Aww. sounds like, okay, you know what? Take this, run with it, do your thing, right? Right, because you're harassing us. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's, it's, it's the thing that they didn't know back then that people know nowadays, which Just is don't like, engage. Right. Yeah. 15 calls to anybody at any time is too many. Yeah. I don't care if, like, you have a flat tire and you're calling but AAA. But it's almost like, well, it's she's too many being calls. consistent and she wants to run this thing and make us more money. And it's a thing that we haven't started and maybe it'll help her with her. Like, this is what I'm thinking was there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying that's three calls. Totally. In a day? Totally. Totally. Also, like, you don't need to have contact with her no. after that. Okay. So as president of the fam club, she was responsible for membership benefits, collecting money and promoting Selena, um, all that kind of thing. And she actually didn't meet Selena until December 91, but they became close friends and Yolanda became a trusted trusted by her whole family in 94 she became selena's assistant and quit her job as a nurse oh i didn't know that yeah i did not know that i thought she was just the fan club no she became her assistant she quit her job as a nurse even though she was making more money as a nurse than she was doing this like she was just so obsessed and had posters all over her house and people come over she would just make them watch selena videos (sighs) talked about nothing else and was just like kind of like crazy about selena wow yeah 
I was kind of that way about kids in the hall for a little while, but it was a dark period <laughs> of my you? life. Yeah, it was just, I had flunked out of college and I was just weirdly obsessed. It was when they were running them on Comedy Central and I just, Stay it was the mom. only thing that made me happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> that laugh was the creepiest. That was, I've never heard that laugh before. I just realized, I mean, every we all have the potential. Everybody likes a thing sure. like crazy. And wants them, like has this feeling of like ownership and like, yeah. and like I, no one understands it the way I understand it. It's almost made for me kind of a thing yes but have you met them and told them that see my thing is that and maybe it's just from working in tv i i really don't like celebrities like there's nothing more disappointing and i think most people know it these days from reality tv and stuff celebrities are very disappointing in real life except for us <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not us. uh yeah, no, they're just, I mean, the most they'll be is slightly pleasant, yeah. but for the most part, you will f- you will have regretted trying to be like, hey, can I get a picture? I'm a yeah. big fan or whatever. You're not going to get you in and it's some obscure thing and they're they like, don't care. okay. They don't care. It's super weird. It's like, you know, yeah. it ruins it almost. So yeah. good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> good luck in life with your fucking cute little fantasies. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, so in 94, Selena starts opening fashion boutiques. She has two of them opening up. It's called Selena, etc. Um, I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. I didn't either because she has this crazy style. It's very 90s and very like on point, like, you know, almost Madonna-y, but a little more hip. It's right. cute. It's those cute. Well, from what I remember in the movie, there's like a lot of ruffles yeah. and a lot of like you know shimmery velvety pants and stuff like that hoop earrings and red lipstick and yeah it's totally pretty fucking sweet (laughs) um so so she she's opening these clothing these fashion stores and asks saldivar to become the manager of the boutiques so saldivar because of doing this is authorized to write and cash checks had access to the bank accounts associated with the fan club and the boutiques and Selena gave her an American Express card for the purpose of conducting company business. So she put her stalker, she made her stalker the CEO of the Doesn't company. Doesn't know that she's the stalker, though. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Selena has no idea that she's the stalker. Got she it, just got thinks it. she's a good friend of hers. That's like willing to do all this hard work. Yeah, that's like, you know, Selena's in this bubble of becoming famous and touring and all these things and this person is becoming a trusted confidant and and is a huge fan and, and clearly is an intelligent woman if she's a nurse yeah, and all that other yeah totally okay yeah and everyone said she was very manipulative and good at you know being manipulative yeah um, 15 so, calls that's all I have to say yeah 15 calls it worked somehow <laughs> so within a year Saldivar um, had mismanaged the boutiques and they were failing and then upon investigation the family finds out that Saldivar had embezzled more than I, I saw 60000 but I also saw $100,000 wow. and forged checks from both the fan club and the boutiques but Selena refused to believe it she was like no way that's my friend like even her father who was a manager and her husband and brother were like dude they were like dude <laughs> probably not like that um, but eventually Selena kind of sees some shit going on and, and believes it and the family fires her tells her not to come near Selena um, but Selena still wanted to become friends stay friends she was like you don't work for me anymore but let's stay friends so at this time Saldivar purchases a snub nose 38 caliber revolver 
And here's what I think is the fucked up thing is a th- is 38 caliber hollow point bullets. Then the bullets were designed to cause more extensive injuries than normal bullets. Oh no. Which like throws out um, later we'll talk about it. So on March 31st in 1995, she convinces Selena to meet her alone in a days in motel room, promising to restore to return financial documents that she had stolen and telling Selena that she had to come alone and that she had that Yolanda had been raped and needed someone to talk to. Oh no. And this no. she has to make up this lie because three other times in the past like couple of weeks Yolanda had tried to get her alone and it had been foiled every time and her husband had come or had, they had met in a parking lot or something like that. So she, so Yolanda was trying to get her alone. Yeah. So in the hotel room they kind of they kind of fight over um, the the documents, and as they're doing that, a, the gun comes out, and Selena turns to run and out the door, and Saldivar shoots her in the back as she's running out, severing an artery leading from her heart, and it came out the front of her chest on the other side. So it was kind of like a shoulder shot. Uh huh. And Selena's running towards the motel lobby as she's bleeding, and Saldivar comes there was a witness said that he she chased after her pointing the gun at her and calling her a bitch selena ran 130 yards to the motel's lobby and collapsed on the floor and meanwhile yolanda's now trying to escape in her car um and it was theorized that she's heading to the recording studio where the rest of selena's family is to kill them too like that's what they thought but a police officer who was around the corner responded stopped her and Instead of getting out of the car, she pulls the car into a parking space um, and gets kind of blocked in in this parking spot. So she's in her car in a parking spot with a gun, won't come out. In the meantime, the motel staff is trying to help Selena. An ambulance comes in less than two minutes, but Selena's pronounced dead at 105 from loss of blood and cardiac arrest. <sighs> Her last words were, were, this fucking makes me want to cry. Her last words, Yolanda Saldivar, room 158. Those were her last words. Like, not tell my family I love them. Um, She was just trying to make sure they knew who did it. Yeah, which makes me so sad. It's just like, the the last words out of your mouth are about your killer's name. Well, yeah. I mean, I know, like, I know, like, you should get them out, but then I just wish it could then be, like, something sweeter. She was only 23 years old. Oh, no. I know. Baby. Well, an autopsy's performed, and this is what I thought when I heard about her running after getting shot. She died of heart failure. Wait, no. We realized Selena's heart, fueled by adrenaline, and I think from running pumped all the blood out of her circulatory oh. system. So I feel like if she hadn't run, she either might have gotten shot again by Yolanda, but she, but or the blood might not have. It's those hollow point bullets. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you can get shot and it comes out the other side and you can survive that, right? No, because isn't that part of it is like they explode inside you and so when they come out, they just, instead of a bullet hole size yeah. coming out, it like rips out. I mean, those things that are evil. Right. Yeah, well, They're that's evil. the thing is so event. So, Saldivar is trying to say, I'm just trying to say that it was an accident that she was going to kill herself. But it's like, well, why did you buy those bullets then? Yeah, like you clearly had a motive. Um, 
So meanwhile, there's a nine hour standoff with Yolanda in which she is in her car with the gun to her head, hysterically on the phone with the hostage or with the negotiator trying to say that she didn't mean to kill her. She was an accident. She was trying to kill herself um, and all these other excuses. But ultimately, um, let's see, she gave herself in. And she got arrested. She's tried for first degree murder and claimed that the gun, quote, accidentally went off and all these other excuses. But ultimately, it didn't work. And the jurors deliberated for less than three hours. And on October 23rd, 1995, they found um, Saldivar guilty. She's sentenced to life in prison with a possibility of parole in 30 years, which is going to be March 2025. Hmm. But everyone's like... She is so incredibly hated in Texas. She will be murdered. And she has to be in um, solitary confinement because of that. Because the rest of the... Everybody pit- wants to kill her in jail. Yeah. Everyone in jail who was huge Selena fans her whole life wants to fucking murder her. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah. Yeah. So she's... She spends every day, 23 hours a day alone in a nine by six foot cell. Um, let's see. So the case has been described as the most important trial for the Latino population and it was compared to the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Um, It was one of the most publicly followed trials in the history of Texas. Wow. Her posthumous 1995 crossover album Dreaming of You debuted at number one on the Billboard charts and became triple platinum. That just gave me chills. I know. She was the first Hispanic artist to have a predominantly Spanish language album debut and peak at number one. That's so fucking cool. I know. I mean terribly sad but also because I remember that being in the movie where it's like the the it's a tragedy anyway yeah but this was someone who was poised on the verge of crossing over at a time before yeah. that was like before JLo before yeah. any of those things well, were we happening. remember like in the late you and I and people our age will remember in the late 90s like this huge this huge Latin pop Explosion! It yes. became, that was like the first time it became mainstream. So she, Selena's doing this in the early nineties. Yeah. So she's for Ricky Martin right. before like any of that, where it was kind of like the sexy, the, you know, yeah. um, Shakira. Any right. of that, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't on um, on American pop radio. Yeah, like that was right. not on there at all. So yeah. it, it, she was kind of a trailblazer and seemed like a good person, and this fucking psycho bitch fan like I didn't I didn't know I always pictured it differently and it's just like so fucking tragic well it's also fascinating that thing of like when you can it's like when you were saying you know she's just this random person but you do trace those things of like a person who embezzles mm-hmm. a person who um, like those kind of smaller crimes It that's how every story goes like yeah. this where it's like they always have a background where they're trying to get anything they want at any price and they have like gray area morals too yeah like i don't like yeah someone if i knew a friend embezzled money i would not trust that person no, even you're though you're not allowed to steal money from other people it's no, not your money no no you don't get to ha- you, you have to you abide by certain it. rules in yes. life and not screw other people over and you don't want to be that person like i remember there was a cafe i was working at when i was uh a teen and I had it in my mind I decided that I could take a $20 bill when Mm -hmm. I was closing at night so I could buy beer because Mm -hmm. they only paid me minimum wage I had this whole rationalization totally and I did it two times 
was racked with guilt about it. And then the manager told me, did I tell you this? Mm -hmm. The manager who was also my friend, like someone I hung out with, he goes, I don't, something's going on. We're always short. I think it might be the janitor. (gasps) And then I was like, oh my, because that's what happens. You steal, somebody else could go down for it. Or like, I mean, the idea that he even would suspect this person who has nothing to do with it, it, then I thought maybe he told me that because he knew oh, it was me because it was always me he did or it was me the two times and that was just a manipulation which God bless you genius move yeah but also like and then I like the next week I was talking to my dad on the phone and we were talking about something else and then he goes Karen there's some people out there that just can't keep their hands out of the till oh and then I almost threw up because I was like I almost wanted to go that's me my dad is my my sweet dad is talking about bad people and I I'm the bad person. You don't want to be the bad person. No. You don't you don't need whatever the thing is you think you need. You don't. And yeah. get your own. Get your own. Get your own. You can. Yeah. Keep, wow. your, keep your hands out of the kitty. That's super weird that I talked about that it picture. It's so weird. Sorry about that. I didn't no, mean to I don't care. It. It's super like we've never talked about her before. No. Not at all. That is super weird. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye um did i talk about your murder yet um what's interesting it no no (laughs) all right karen but you've lived near it I'm sure you've heard uh, about it okay because um, it's the Zanku chicken murders Ooh. and there's one uh, on my way from work driving here there's one here I'm not I drove by one yeah. let's tell everyone let's give everyone directions from Zanku chicken <laughs> to my apartment that's why I got real vague yeah thank um, you. but this so my mouth is watering. Um, <laughs> Zanko chicken is so good. Zanko chicken is legendary in Los Angeles. If you've ever visited here, if you have friends that live here and you're not wealthy, you've probably eaten here because Zanko chicken is the best food that you can get for a decent price. Yep. Um, and everybody knows it and everybody talks about it. It's up there with Roscoe's chicken and waffles um, in that way of like, if you're here, you have to go try this. Definitely. And Pink Pink's, Pink's hot dogs, that kind of thing. Pink's is shit. It's so shit. But it's fun to stand in line drunk. 
So go there. I'm not going to lie. I have yeah. fucking chomped some chili dogs in my day. But I've for 20 years, I've driven by Pink's and watched people standing in line at three in the morning oh to get those hot dogs. So the first time I went there, I was like, this is going to be crazy. And it was just hot dogs. It's just hot dogs. But yeah, they're yeah. gross in a good I mean, way. Yeah. It's like greasy, it's drunken food. Total. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there, I got most of my information from this awesome article from Los Angeles Magazine that was written by a guy named Mark Arax, and it's from April 1st, 2008. There's way more information than I could even entertain, so if this interests you at all, um, look at that. You can Google it, and it'll come up right away. And I remember reading this um, probably five years ago, because the when this murder happened, everybody knew about it yeah. all of a sudden, and everybody was crazy freaked out about it. It'd be like your local mom-and-pop cafe, like some terrible thing happening there but the story behind it is kind of fascinating because it's like so in los angeles uh, there's a there's a city that's right behind the hill that says hollywood on it right behind that city is both burbank and glendale I mean, right behind that mountain is Burbank and Glendale. And Glendale has the single largest population of Armenian um, people that isn't Armenia in the world. Wow. Um, it's huge. And Armenians came there after um, they were, there was the Turkish genocide, which there we see parades about and, and flags about. And it's like, it's weird because I never heard of anybody being Armenian until I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I know a ton of stuff about the Armenian culture simply because like I live in Burbank, I live close to Glendale. Yeah. So anyway, this is this, um, restaurant Zanku Chicken was started originally in Beirut, Lebanon by a man named uh, Vart and the pronunciation on this is going to if you're Armenian or if you're just not uh, a valley girl, it's going to offend you. <laughs> uh, Vartkis Iskandarian and his family started the first Zanku Chicken in Beirut in 1962. Oh wow. And um, then they brought it over here in 1983 um, and and it was the the chain actually was opened by Mardiros, who is the son. Okay. And um, his parents were not interested in having a restaurant in America. They wanted to do do dry cleaning, maybe go into the suit business. They looked into all these other businesses that were more um, kind of reliable than mm -hmm. a restaurant. But um, uh, Mardiros believed that this he looked around and he saw how few um middle eastern restaurants there were with so with such huge populations yeah. of people that would appreciate the food there was almost no food to feed them that was like from their home totally um so they opened their first restaurant um at the corner of sunset in normandy um in east uh east la Hello. hey and um it, the LA Times said it's the best roast chicken in town at any price, which is kind of really saying something for yeah. the, all those shishi restaurants they have here. Totally. The Zagat Guide um, would say that Zanku was one of America's best meal deals. Oh my goodness. America, not just LA, which is cool. Jonathan Gold, who's a very famous um, food writer, he adores Zanku chicken reviewed it and said it, the chicken was superb and nothing in heaven or on earth compares with the garlic paste. Oh my God, that garlic paste. The garlic paste is what everybody talks about mm -hmm. and it was invented by uh, Marduros's grandmother. Shut up. And his mother makes it, made it all by hand. 
So it was a secret recipe. People still don't know what's in it. It's this white paste that you get with your chicken and your rice and your hummus and your pita. It's a little tub. It's like a side on the side. And it is tangy and pungent and garlicky, but there's something else going on. It's kind of like butter. Like you can't figure out all you want to do is eat it and put everything that you eat into it. And then for the next day, you're belching garlic. Yes. It's like... You're filled with garlic. You reek of... It's it's quite an experience. Yes. Um, So that was kind of their secret weapon. Aside from the fact that they figured out that other rotisserie chicken places, they realized you have to move the chicken itself and you have to play with the temperatures. You Hmm. can't just keep it on one temperature all the time. So they basically kind of went in there and tried to figure out how to give people who wanted to eat authentic Middle Eastern food the best version of that Mm -hmm. food and not just go like, here, here's whatever, which is amazing. Apparently, one time on Curb Your Enthusiasm... Larry David referred to it as chicken so good it could end the rift in the Middle East. <laughs> so, like, everybody in L.A. knows about this It was this also food. in a Beck song. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, there was a, there's a list on Wikipedia of all, oh, really? the, all the popular culture things. There was a, somebody on Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, also so liked to eat there. Um, <clears throat> so... They started as this hole-in-the-wall chicken place, um, and after, I would think, like, over two years, they were making $2 million a year. Holy shit. And half of that was pure profit. Oh, my God. So, they, um, they were doing, obviously, great. So... There were rumors. Oh, so in this article, this is one of my favorite things, in this article... Um, this guy, Mark, the writer, talks starts out by talking about the Armenian um, culture and everything. And he says there's a saying that little old Armenian ladies say in Armenian, which is, let's sit crooked and talk straight. Which totally made me think of us. Oh, my God. Isn't that the best? Let's sit cook crooked and talk straight. That's basically let's gossip. Is I, what they mean. That is us to a T. I and know. I'm fucking in love with it. It's the best. So... Of course, in the Armenian, um, uh, I keep saying culture, but what I mean is community. Yeah. Um, they, uh, this family rose to prominence, obviously, because they're just all of a sudden started making this um, tons of money, and their food was crazy popular. Yeah. But they also were huge philanthropists and gave so much back. So they were kind of famous within that community because they were a, a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, so there was gossip. It was never confirmed that. Pepsi was offering the company $30 million for the chain and the trademark. Holy shit. Um, and this was when it was kind of like peaking in, yeah. in its popularity. Um, and at that same time, even though uh, Medeiros' uh, parents did not want to expand, they just wanted to keep that one, the oh first God, shop. so cute. Um, he was like, we, he kept fighting to expand. He's like, we have to do it, we have to do it. So finally, they agreed to split. And what they agreed to do was... Um, Mer, I think it's Merdiros. Uh, uh, sorry if I'm, I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but they agreed that, that he would take the concept and he would build the chain and any stores that he opened um, doing that, whether they failed or succeeded, would be on him. Okay. Because um, that's basically what the family was afraid. Yeah. Don't, don't, let's not lose all our money. We got a good thing. Let's just keep this yeah. good thing going. And in return, he would sign over his stake of the original in Hollywood to his parents and his two sisters. But they weren't splitting. It wasn't, they weren't, they weren't, 
um, you know, it was, they were still completely together as a family. The garlic paste was still made by his mother, um, at all the Zancus, which I just can't get over is this woman who was probably at the time in her, uh, I would say probably late sixties, early seventies. Um, and, and they say in this article, they talk about how this mother, um, well, I think her name is Margaret, um, spelled with R-I-T. Um, she worked, she got up at 7.30 every morning and went into work and worked till 7 o'clock at night. And when she was done cooking for the restaurant, she would start to cook for the people that worked at the restaurant. Oh my goodness. Like cook people their homemade, you know, food from home that they liked. Take a break, honey. No, she couldn't do it. She was like obsessive, which I love. Oops, sorry. That's, uh, that reminds me of my grandma. Like yeah, my grandmother's index fingers were both bent at almost <gasps> Almost like right angles because of how much she cleaned. Oh my God. She was she came over here from Ireland when she was seventeen and she was a maid for most of her life wow. until she met my grandfather. So it's like those old country people yeah. are just like we're here to earn it. Yeah. We're here to fucking you ha- get you're our able shit. to you're able to do it. Yeah. That's right. And also, if you start a business, you got to put, give it your all so you make it into something. Totally. And they really did. They were this amazing family success story. Um, and Marderos, well, he would constantly say to the whole family, success means nothing if we don't stay as one. Greed must never rear its head. There's plenty for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so he had a sister and she had two sons and they... Uh, they loved all of each other. They were cousins, but they were, they felt more like they were each other's, you know, he had four boys. She had two sons. They were all, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very close. Um, in fact, his wife was quoted as saying, uh, before we married, he told me, I'm going to live with my parents my whole life. I will never leave my mother. Um, uh, she was queen of the house not me next to God it was his mother holy shit so just to give you a sense of that uh, so Medeiros is diagnosed uh, sorry I don't have the date on this but I believe it was in like 2001 I think Mm -hmm. or so um, he gets diagnosed with inoperable bladder and brain cancer holy shit Um, so he basically felt like he knew something was wrong. He had pains in places, but he didn't go to the doctor. He avoided mm. it. And so by the time he went in, it had spread. Um, so he holds a family meeting and he tells his mother and his sister and his wife that he's dying and that when he dies, he wants the Zanku business to go to his four sons. Oh my goodness. Now, the problem there is that his four sons were at the time. And had been for a couple years, fuck ups, and in ways where the oldest son had been caught um, trying to cheat on a law school entrance exam, and so was had been a top student at I think it was Woodbridge University, and so he basically got kicked out and was like barred from ever taking the test because he was going to cheat. Wow! Uh, So. After that, he became an evangelical Christian. He was like one of those guys that stands on the street, Holy like shit. with a bullhorn. Yeah. Um, the second oldest son uh, was tried for attempted murder when the pimp of the sex worker that he had just uh, visited um, stole money from him, mm-hmm. and he ended up chasing him up the freeway and shooting at his car, oh and he God. he ended up getting. Uh, tried for attempted murder wow and it it turned out to be a mistrial 
Um, so he never had to go to jail, but of course that mark, and uh, and of course you know if this yeah. is the richest family in the community, and Everyone shit like this starts popping off, it. everyone's talking about it. Um, then the two younger were basically just on drugs. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading this article, it sounded so harsh. But it's like that's that thing of like. I I feel like you can't get rich quick like that and have things just go great. Yeah. Because once you start getting all the money you want and you can buy all the things you want, then you start wanting the things you can't have. Yeah. And it gets a little nuts like that. Oh, I get it. Um, I'm going to look at my riches. I just please watch your behavior is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... When he makes this announcement, the room goes silent because that's he's saying yeah. they're the ones that should get it. And his sister and his mother are both just staring at him. And um, let's see, it says his mother sat stone-faced. She didn't ask what kind of cancer he had or what the prognosis that the doctors gave him. Instead, she blurted out in Armenian, your sons, the shadow they cast is not yours. And Whoa. then she got up and she walked up the stairs and shut the door. Holy shit. Now, she lived with him, as he had said, yeah. him and his wife, Rita. Um, she wouldn't speak to him. So she would get up at 7.30 every morning, go to work, come home, They'd be standing in the kitchen. She'd get a glass of water and go upstairs and shut the door. Your son's dying. Yes. And as he was getting chemotherapy, as he was losing his hair, he ended up losing 60 pounds. Oh, my God. Uh, he, was, he was dying of cancer. Silent treatment. That's so sad. It's really fucked up. And it's um, it's very old country. Totally. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's how some people are. It's hard. Um and obviously, I think knowing, at least based on what the wife says, the relationship that he had with his mother, this was breaking yeah. him. It was it was terrible. Sure. Um, so after a year of the silent treatment, oh he God. he went into his mother's room and he took down. The, there was a picture of him as a child in Beirut with her when he was like four years old that she had kept up on her dresser. He took it down. He took out the picture. He ripped it in half. He burned the half with her on it and he crumbled up the half with him on it and threw it away and then put the frame back up. And two days later, their house catches on fire. No. Yeah. Yeah. And their house, they, him and his wife almost get caught in the house. They have to get rescued by firemen. The house burns down. The mother takes, you know, her stuff or whatever. I don't know how much she had left and moves in with the sister. Whoa. So she's gone. And that's the how last. Did the house catch on fire? We don't know. No, but he, as he's going into his sickness and on, you know, oh. I'm sure tons of painkillers and in a weird place, he's telling his son, Steve, that the fire is his mother's doing, that she knew based on what he did to the picture that that's that was her and oh my god i can't stop doing that Stephen, we need a new setup (laughs) um sorry uh so yeah he's hallucinating basically and saying that uh that it was somehow her doing um he believed that his mother and her sisters and his sisters were plotting against him. Mm. Um, well, they are to not give your fucking kids 
this goddamn business. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were it's it's everybody's worst nightmare. It's kind of like, oh, so this this is actually what it comes down to really at the end. Um, So Steve having to hear this and of course loving his grandmother and being in the middle of it said, can't you ever forgive her? And um, Marderos was quoted as saying, God will forgive the devil before I can forgive my mother. Holy shit. Um, And then he said, because this is a mother, not a devil, which is super sad. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, ultimately your mother turned her back on you when you were in your worst place. And also it's that thing of, I'm sure after years and years of busting her ass to make this restaurant work, he was going to come in and be like, here's how it's going to happen. So it's like giving bad news and bad news. It could also be like, you know how some people get mad at someone who's sick because it's easier than the sadness you can feel? Yes. So she might have been mad at him that she had to watch her son die. Yes. And it's easier than... It's a thousand percent easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a stage of grief. Totally. But she um yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, because when someone else has a disease, then it's all about them and how yeah. hard it is for them. You can't be mad at them. Yeah. Like I'm sure she had tons of guilt. It was just this impacted problem. Yeah. Um So anyway, on January 14th, 2003, Marderos, who had been bedridden and was dying, gets out of bed, puts on a white silk suit that he hadn't worn in 20 years, gets a 9mm handgun (gasps) and a 38 caliber revolver, and walks down the stairs of his house. His wife, Rita, couldn't believe what she was seeing. Dude. And she she said, in the way it's written in this article, for a man so near death, cancer everywhere, he looked beautiful. Aww. So he's having some weird last... Yeah. Um, later on in the article, they f- went... Uh, he does not have that outfit on. Okay. So they think that she's remembering it because it's this crazy moment and she's remembering him basically as his beautiful young self that she fell in love with. I'm gonna cry. Because it's a really beautiful story but she, they lived across the street from each other in Beirut and she, he was 19 and she was 12. And he was like, no, 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 no. That's not when it started. That's when she first noticed him because he was like the high roller. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be freaked out. Um, It's actually very sweet. And then when she got older, like she was 18 and he was like 26. Yeah. They started dating. Okay. Um, so it's very sweet. Like she was in love yeah. with them all her life. Um, oh, I'm going to cry. So she said, you're too weak to go anywhere. Please get back in bed. And he said, I feel better. Don't worry. I'm just going to go down to Zanku and see my friends. So she, to see an old friend. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, Fuck. was like, all right, I'll see you soon. But he didn't go to Zanku. God damn it. He didn't go to Zanku. He went to his sister's house. Mm-hmm. Um, the housekeeper lets him in. Um, she sits at the table. The housekeeper gives him lemonade. His sister comes downstairs. She was in the shower. Um, they sit and have a pleasant conversation and share some lemonade. Um, then uh, Margaret, uh, the mother, comes home from work uh, around 2 p.m. And uh, she greets him she says hello to the daughter first then she says hello to him puts her stuff down sits at the table and the housekeeper goes downstairs to her apartment because she knows that Mm -hmm. they need to talk to each other Um, so they talk for about five minutes and it's just normal chit chat and then he reaches 
into his waistband for his gun and he shoots his sister across the table dead. Shut the fuck. Like point blank. And then his mother screams and runs for the door and he runs after her and he blocks the door and stands in front of her about like 15 feet away from the door, it said. And he raises the gun in Armenian. She says, don't shoot me, please. And he shoots her eight times. He shoots her once. She goes down on the ground and then he stands over her and Holy shoots her seven more times. shit. He looks around the room and sees his 23-year-old nephew is on the stairs. No, 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 frozen. no, no, no. No. And he just turns around, goes over into the living room, sits on the couch, and shoots himself in the head. <gasps> Holy fuck. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, my God. Now, Rita, the wife, well, at least at the time of this article, um, was had to be in charge of all the Zankos. No. And it was this whole, they were in court about um, the trademark and, and who owned the rights to, it was, it's this huge thing. And uh, I didn't even oh, get into it because there's, it, there's so much more to this article. The poor woman after year, maybe years or maybe however long taking care of her sick husband. Yes. That's fucking stressful as hell. And raising four boys. Who are not doing, who are fuck ups. Who were rich kids, you know, yeah. who were like, who were rich kids. And she was a very traditional uh, kind of old school wife where she didn't work. She yeah. didn't go to the store. She stayed home and was a housewife and took care of that family. Man. And suddenly just got thrown into this. I would never want to raise rich kids. You know? No. Well, but also because that's not anything you have experience with. So, like, yeah. they're having a, a whole life that you don't even they understand. They do whatever they want. Yeah. So then, then after taking care of her sick, dying husband, then this happens. Mm-hmm. And she has to be in charge of so much shit she didn't expect to be in charge of. Yeah. That poor woman. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, um... That's that rough story behind the so best who, restaurant in LA. Who owns it now? Is it still in the family? I think they still do, but I'm not sure I didn't yeah. get... I, like Once the um, murder part was over, that article goes on forever talking <laughs> about all that part. Yeah. So I figure if people are super interested yeah. in who owns that's the, the rights to yeah, Zanku no, Chicken, go, you can go for it, but <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, I want to... A, my stomach is growling. I know. Are you hungry now? Oh, that's, I want to eat four chickens. I do too. I'm, I'm like already thinking about what I'm going to order tomorrow when I go there. Um, wow. I know. What a messy, bloody scene to be cleaned up. I know. Too. Oh, yeah. That housekeeper was bummed. <laughs> Stop it, Karen. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. That was good. That was a good one. I like that one. At least it didn't, it, I liked it because, uh. Yeah, there was food. (laughs) There's delicious food that I got to describe. It wasn't all tragedy. Yeah. That was good. Good food talk. Well. 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 well, We've done it again. Speaking of food talk. Oh, uh, yeah. Go all over the place. Can you guys rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes? And thank you if you've already done it. Because we've... uh, 
we're get, we're a very popular podcast because of you people yeah. that listen and tell each other and make little groups at work and shut the door. And y'all tell your everyone the tells their sisters too, which I love. I know everyone tells someone, and then they bond over it. And and, I love and it. the new trend is dads. Dads. I just got a tweet today about a girl who's no just way. discovered that her dad listens. Everyone tell your dad. Tell your dad if he's chill with the f word. Right. Um, don't tell my dad. Don't tell Karen's dad, please. At all. Um, thank you guys so much for listening it's really lovely and stay sexy and don't get murdered oh, damn elvis no. you want a cookie <laughs> you want cookie yeah. yay bye bye <laughs> <laughs>